Welcome to Huntington. Hi, I accidentally overdrafted. Can I do anything? Sure. At Huntington, you get 24-hour grace to fix overdrafts and avoid the fee. Do all banks have that? Let's call one and find out. Big Bank Overdraft Hotline. Hi, do you have 24-hour grace? No, but we have 25 graces. Hello, this is Grace. Welcome to Huntington, the only bank that has 24-hour grace for overdrafts. 24-hour grace does not apply to return fees. Learn more at Huntington.com slash grace, member FDIC. SRN Survival Radio Network. Uh, with 
any of those harmful chemicals. So they're pretty much safe for sensitive skin. It's four times concentrated, so therefore it brightens fabric and eventually saves you money because you don't have to use as much detergent. So next week we'll be talking to one of the founders of True Products to further discuss their mission, further discuss their products, and enlighten everyone on some of the other health-friendly products that they are producing. Now, down the road, we'll be talking to author Paula Maddox. She is a leadership and executive coach. She's also an author of a book. Uh, It talks about and shows you how to achieve your personal freedom. So, you know, anytime we talk about health and wellness, uh, personal freedom is very important. The name of the book is The Soul Journey of Change, The Pathway to Personal Freedom. So she'll be on the show and enlightening us on some of her work and some of the things that we can do in order to get to that point. We'll be talking about preventive heart disease at some point. We'll have a cardiologist on, and when I discussed with him the show, about the show, he said, I don't really want to talk about the medicines that I prescribe or the things that I do to treat disease. I want to talk about prevention. So I think that this will be an exciting show for us because it's great that we have treatments today that will help us if we get sick. But the best thing is if we cannot get sick in the first place. So if you have any questions, topics, feel free to email me at Dr. Aaron Williams at weeklywellnessshow.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dr. Aaron Williams. And, of course, we'd love to have you join our Facebook page. That way you can stay updated on the previous shows, some of the events that we might be attending. And you can also listen for some good tips that may help you throughout your health and wellness journey. Now today we have another informative and exciting show for you along with an interesting topic and a dynamic guest. On this week's edition we'll be talking about how to maximize your prescription plan, how to decrease your prescription costs, and some things that will help you with your relationship with your pharmacist as well as your physician. Now, according to the Centers for Disease Control, many adults take at least one prescription drug. But it's not uncommon for older people to take one two, three, four, or five or more different types of medication. And so we know that even with insurance, the cost may feel so staggering that some people may be tempted to skip their medication or skimp on their medication. And we all know that that's not good. There are ways to get around some of the cost of prescription drugs and Skipping medication can be more disastrous and costly than the drugs themselves. So I've asked an expert in this area, Mr. Philip Saunders, pharmacist, pharmacy owner, and author, to bring us some knowledge today regarding to prescription drugs and their costs. He's not a stranger to this show some time ago. He talked to us about the role of the community pharmacists. Uh, he's an advocate of community uh, pharmacy and pharmacists. So if you missed any of that, you can go back to our website, our Facebook page, and even iTunes uh, and listen to some of those great tips. So with that, first we will go to our first commercial break. So ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned so that you can be informed. 
looking for a cafe with a home-like appeal where all who enter feel like they are part of something? Visit My Coffee Shop, located in East Lake, Atlanta, Georgia. MCS has a full breakfast and lunch menu, offering both hot and cold options, and is home of the amazing basil lemonade. But don't forget their assortment of freshly brewed coffees. Come on by at 2462 Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. We're pretty sure my coffee shop at East Lake will become your coffee shop, too. iDope, iDope, globally inspired vision stylewear. A fusion of classic heritage and contemporary sophistication. An essential part of your lifestyle and fashion expression. iDope, iDope, vision stylewear for the fashion forward. And socially conscious. Let's make this a dope world together. iDope. iDope. Available online at iDope.com. That's E-Y-E-D-O-P-E. iDope.com. Survival Radio Network. With now more than one million downloads. Congratulations to the staff, producers, engineers, and hosts for your tireless pursuit of excellence. And thank you, our loyal listeners, for supporting this movement to inspire, motivate, and educate people worldwide. Survival Radio Network, Survival Radio Christian Network, and our new Survival Sports Radio Network broadcast top-notch shows Sunday through Saturday. Check us out by visiting our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us. SRN, we do radio one million strong. The S-R-N. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are so glad to have you here listening. You are listening to the Weekly Wellness Show, your resource for better health on the Survival Radio Network. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you... Not only listen to our show, but listen to some other shows on the Survival Radio Network. There's a lot of powerful information there. So you can listen to it at your leisure via podcast. So when you are doing some things, driving to work, driving back from work, exercising, go ahead and log on and see and hear on some things that you might be interested in and that you might benefit from. Now, today, our guest, as I mentioned earlier, is Mr. Philip Saunders. And we're going to be talking about the role of the pharmacist and how we can improve and help you to improve your prescription costs and maximize your visit. Now, Mr. Saunders is a graduate of the Florida A&M University College of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences. He is a community pharmacist and a community pharmacy advocate. He is also the author of the book called The Handbook of Prescription Plan Benefits. So without further ado, let's welcome Mr. Philip Saunders to the show. Hello, hello, Dr. Williams. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Hi, good afternoon. I'm All right, we're here. glad to have you. Um, we know that, we know you, that just you just through got through at the pharmacy. At the pharmacy. Absolutely. Yes, sir. I am... Uh, Contacting you from the uh, pharmacy location here in Florida. And, uh, of course, this is a very hot topic that we have today. And uh, I am anxious to um, get the privilege to um, help people when they're at that pharmacy. I know a lot of things are like what they call Greek to me. And so um, I believe that we can provide some clarification on uh, many of the aspects of their experience uh, when patients end up at the pharmacy uh, with that discount card uh, and the prescription card. Excellent, excellent. excellent. 
Uh, we're getting a little bit of feedback. Uh, we don't know whether uh, someone could turn their computer down or the speaker off. Was that coming from my end? Is that better? I think so. <laughs> I think it's gone now. Uh, okay. But like like you said, this is a very important topic. Uh, as we discussed before on this show, a lot of um, uh, we see the pharmacist more than we see the physician. And so it's very important that we cultivate a relationship with our pharmacist. And also, uh, you know, also from a financial standpoint, make sure that we're getting the best uh, with regard to our prescription costs. You know, this is an ever-changing uh, uh, scenario. But with all that, that's why I invited you on the show and to enlighten us a little bit and kind of go over some things uh, for the audience so that we can kind of help those uh, folks and help everyone, even if you're not taking medication, to see uh, what are some of the strategies that, strategies that we can use to improve uh, our visit to the pharmacy. Well, Dr. Williams, what I'd like to start with is uh, it's kind of like a show or uh, a play even, and I'd like to go over some of the uh, main characters in this particular show. Um, as we know and everyone is familiar with, when it comes to the doctor's visit, there are three main components. There's the patient component, which we value most and is most significant, uh, without which the other two would not be necessary. There's the doctor or physician component. And finally, there's the pharmacist component. And we come in somewhere third, I would think, because the patient has to visit the doctor first. And then once the doctor is finished with their therapy, many times, uh, even at patient's expectation, the patients receive an order for medication. And thereafter, they present that to me, the pharmacist. Now, unfortunately... Um, communication is very key to um, any type of relationship or interaction at least and certainly there's no exception when it comes to a patient presenting a new prescription at the pharmacy and particularly if they are new to that pharmacy per se they are a um, new patient so they have information that has not been entered or verified, established in that computer system at that pharmacy. So what we try to do um, is clarify some of the harsh parts that might be on a card. If a person is not familiar with, um, let's say, what their card presents that the pharmacist may need, then we try to assist and tell them that there's some basic codes that have to be communicated to the pharmacy in order for that patient to be able to take advantage of their insurance benefits. Now, what are insurance benefits? We use a jargon in this particular area called enrollees. And the goal of an enrollee in an established insurance plan is one goal. That is to obtain their medication at a great discount. So those are the kind of things that we objectify or consider an important goal when they go into the pharmacy. Many times the person has been to some degree uh, traumatized, maybe a strong word, but at least they're a little bit um, offset as far as their normal routine. They may have had an experience at the doctor's office. They have had a new diagnosis. There's many things going through their mind, in other words, by the time we see them. So when they come into the pharmacy, they come to the counter and they say, well, I have to get this prescription filled. My insurance card says my copay is $10, so I have $10 and I'll wait for you to fill it. But that's not how it goes. Yeah. What happens, um, what happens, mm -hmm. Yes, sir. What happens actually is that it has to go through a computer system based on the enrollee um, information as communicated by their insurance company. Right. So there's there's more than just what you see on the card, uh, I guess is, is, is what you're saying. And, and so when they 
they they bring that card. I guess the first thing that you know, we should always do is just uh, make sure that the pharmacist has the most updated card from your insurance company. I think that would be one thing. Would you would you agree with that? Well, Dr. Williams, you're stepping on you're stepping on my feet. I'm one uh-huh. of those people who has kept every card that they receive from the insurance company for the last several years, and mm-hmm. I find I'm not alone. So what we what we need to do and what we normally do, um, and this is pretty much a guarantee, if there is a coverage and you have a card that's outdated, once we put it in, it won't work. It won't it won't be uh-huh. possible. And so by default we can eliminate that. But uh the other way is that some of the insurance companies, once a person states and says, Well, I have uh this insurance in Florida or uh Texas or wherever I am and uh, they have something called a provider portal. This is a particular area where a pharmacist um, company or pharmacy is enrolled as a provider of pharmacy services, and we can actually log into that uh, field or that database and pull up a patient's information. Sometimes, however, I find the easiest way is to have that card because typically there's additional information required, such as an enrollee's address or an enrollee's Social Security number. And some pharmacies are not comfortable with handling this data in this age of cybersecurity and so forth to be responsible for that. But that's just one of the options that you have when it comes to assessing the data that's relevant to processing their claim. Okay. So once well, they come into once they come into our pharmacy, um, and we obtain the adequate information, there are many uh, limiting factors that can influence whether or not we get a successful claim. If a claim goes through, there's uh, a term called adjudication, which means a uh, complete judgment or successful judgment, and. Uh, once that happens, then we can communicate that information to the patient, and um, that is something that the pharmacy is not involved with. It's like a pass-through, just like if you use a debit card or something. Um, the pharmacist does not determine that. The pharmacy does not. That company does not. But that's rearranged by the insurers, um, the insured person's insurance company. So uh, I, I guess uh, the other thing would be um, to make sure, what about like formularies? Um, you know, I think one of the key things is making sure that, um, and I guess for the audience, you know, formularies are kind of predetermined medication lists either by a hospital or your insurance company uh, that a committee has sat down and decided, you know, hey, we all know that there's probably five to ten different types of medications that treat hypertension. Well, that insurance company will decide which ones it wants on its, quote, formulary, unquote. So I think is uh, would it be wise to also uh, know what drugs your insurance company is willing to pay for uh, with regard to pricing? Well, I mean, that's a great point, Dr. Williams, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, formulary, and um, this is one of the things that uh, we emphasize, communication, because it sounds, no pun intended, it sounds formal, but a formulary is simply a list of drugs that that insurance company has decided to cover. And um, we can speak about formulary per se, let's say for uh, reflux, for GERD, and uh, once you get into that category, the insurance company has predetermined certain things that it will cover. But uh, as everyone knows, um, frequently there are new entities that are out there. Those things won't necessarily be covered. And um, it is very dynamic. It has to change. The computer database is um, automated, but it has to be updated as many of the um, computer platforms have to be. So what happens is that sometimes there's a time frame 
Let's say you go to a doctor and they give you a new drug for your ailment and the drug has not been out very long. Well, you might go to the insurance, uh, well, you might go to the pharmacy, rather, and uh, you might experience uh, that that particular new entity is not covered. Well, what it means, that's not a final decision. That means that at that time it's not covered, and you may have to go through some other processes before you can actually have the medication uh, process, or it may be that at that time the insurance company has not downloaded it, they have not um, made a decision concerning that particular medicine. And one of their objectives is to actually save money and to uh, not have what they call unnecessary duplication. So there would be many reasons why a particular drug entity would not be covered. What we suggest with people, and that brings me to a topic, um, what to do when your drug is not covered. And many plans have what's called an emergency supply option. This only allows about three days' supply, but you can imagine if you're a person and you go to the doctor and you need to start a prescription, uh, the last thing you want to do is say, well, you're going to have to come back when your insurance is going to cover it. Instead, for many insurances and patients will need to know to ask for this option. Sometimes the pharmacist may not necessarily think of it. Um, it's just a matter of what we normally try to do at pharmacy is complete medications uh, in, a, in, in a entirety. Say if you had a month's supply, the pharmacist's mm -hmm. objective first objective is to try to supply a month's supply. And then there are options where the three-day supply um, offer does not um, make sense or is not practical. Say a spray that has a fixed amount or a unit dose medication that has a fixed amount uh, or say a bottle of eye drops that actually is fixed as sterile those would be items that would be an exception to that three-day supply. But that's one of the things that we could do to try to resolve things, uh, and I have it distinctly as one of the main options that can be utilized when there are delays in your therapy because of successful adjudication. Okay. So it sounds like this all begins in the doctor's office because, you know, you're, if you're a patient, you're in there with the doctor. The doctor is telling you what's the issue He's also hopefully is telling you the whole plan. He's saying, I'm going to prescribe this particular drug for you. So what? how can we maximize the doctor visit? And I'm, I guess I'm starting with the doctor because that's who writes it. I mean, are there, are there certain questions you need to ask your physician, you know, like, hey, how much does this drug cost, and is this drug a drug that might be hard to find? Well, absolutely, Dr. Williams. Once you have, uh, and let's start from scratch. Let's say you have a new insurance and you're a new patient. Once you've gone to your insurance database, you select a physician, um, one of the first things that you should do is to uh, come to your doctor's office. If you're a patient with ongoing therapy or medication, bring your bottles to that doctor's office, okay? And once you're there, you provide the information and you have your standard interaction where they get all your data, your allergies, and, uh, of course, all your technical information, such as your address and um, your medical billing information, which is separate from your prescription card. And that's a good point. I don't want to run past that because many times in the pharmacy, I encounter patients that present us their medical card that's actually designed for the doctor's office or it could be designed for, uh, say, eye therapy, okay? Mm -hmm. Some people even have dental cards. But when you go to the doctor's office and you're there, you get the information, uh, one of the things you want to do, if it's something that you as a consumer and a patient don't mind, you can talk with your doctor when it gets to the point of the adjunct where they're prescribing medications and say, doctor, mm -hmm. because the doctors have their particular opinion or they have their priority on a particular medication perhaps for a particular ailment. So they may think, well, you know, I want this drug as a brand name. Mm -hmm. But if you as a patient have discovered that um, that may be pricey or a generic can be 
utilize with the same benefit and you're comfortable with that experience, perhaps in other circumstances, then asking your doctor for generic medication would be something that you could uh, definitely take advantage of. And I also, I, I advise patients typically to uh, even talk with a doctor about alternatives to medication, saying if you're a person and uh, you've had a particular experience maybe with a new drug, then make sure your doctor covers the various uh, options for a particular diagnosis. There may be a new drug that's uh, pricey, or there may be a standard less expensive drug that you can maximize through your insurance because um, those things, those costs, those benefits add up, and they're not unlimited. There are some cases where um, patients have had, and this happens in the latter part of the year, typically maybe after uh, October, you know, you find that a lot of benefits may um, run to their maximum, and that's something we'll cover later. But um, you're only going to be allowed to have a certain uh, maximum benefit, maximum benefit for the year. And right. so, but you have to doctor, keep those in mind. Yes, sir, you mm-hmm. have to keep them in mind. So when you go to the doctor's office, it's very important, plainly. Um, you want to make sure that you have a uh, frank discussion with your physician, express your priority. And uh, sometimes it may require something maybe even as drastic as choosing a doctor according to uh, them communicating your preferences or, 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 or facilitating your preferences, I should say, because uh, you don't want to have a doctor, and sometimes it's a matter of their professional choice is their options. There are some things where you don't want to go with generics. You can talk with your doctor about the practical uh, indications or, or, or implications of receiving a generic as opposed to brand, and uh, at those times, you uh, should have a confident um uh, feeling or response to that particular doctor's choices. And if right. you have a disagreement, uh, you can certainly perhaps talk with the insurance company. You can talk to perhaps a doctor that you may know from a previous experience. Uh, we might call that a second opinion. And um, the doctor who is writing your order, who's in charge of your therapy, we call them your primary care practitioner in a case where it is a primary care concern and not a specialist, um, just talk with your doctor, in short. And right. it could be uh, feel empowered as patients. That's what we advise as pharmacies. Uh, feel empowered as patients to have those discussions with your physician so that when you leave that physician's office, uh, you are aware of what you have. Sometimes people have one diagnosis and several prescriptions, for instance, uh, you should have an idea so you can, uh, again, know how to proceed when you get to the pharmacy. You may be on a budget. Uh, you may look at your card. It may say copay $10, and you leave the doctor's office with one diagnosis. They may give you uh, a stack of papers that includes information about your condition, uh, protocol, maybe even scheduling, medical billing. So you have a handful of papers, essentially. Right. And Right. You don't want to show up at the pharmacy and say, okay, uh, I'm here, I have one diagnosis, so I'm assuming I have one prescription. Have those conversations with your doctor. Right. I agree with you. Uh, uh, you know, we, you know, in the physician's office, I mean, the data shows that one in five prescriptions that are written by physicians are not filled. And so that's a particular problem. So I'd like to go to our uh, – before we go to our second – uh, commercial break. I, when we come back, I'd like to get into your handbook that you wrote and talk about that. And I also want to, you know, start now from the doctor's office. What do you do when you get to the pharmacy? Uh, we've already mentioned about having this discussion with your with your doctor. We uh, talked about while in the doctor's office, you should uh, ask if this is the only drug that can treat whatever's been diagnosed. I mean, for me, I've even had, if I thought the drug was going to be expensive, I would even have some of my staff call the pharmacy just to get a price check, uh, just to uh, 
just to make sure that the patient can afford it. And we also, you know, as you mentioned, talked about the, the use of generics. You can save 80 to 85% off of the brand, uh, brand price. But let's go to our second commercial break, and we will come back. We'll continue this discussion. So please stay tuned and be informed. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you, A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No. Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Oh, my goodness. You mean to tell me you haven't heard yet? You don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, wait a minute. Let me break it down and make it plain. On August 13, 2017, one of the greatest events is going to take place. This is the 6th Annual Nonprofit Trinity Awards that's going to be taking place at the Porter Sanford Performing Arts Center. Now listen, men, you've got to have your swag. Women, you've got to wear your finest, your gowns, because at 5 p.m., there's going to be a photo op session. Yes, people are going to walk down the red carpet, have their photos taken. It is going to be wonderful. Mix and mingle, they'll be all dirt. What is this all about? Well, let me tell you. On August 13, 2017, at the Porter Stanford Performing Arts Center, it's going to be the Nonprofit Trinity Awards, the sixth annual one, that is. For more information, you've got to go to www.nonprofitrinityawards.org. Don't miss this great event. It's going to be second unto none. you got to be there. Hope to see you. information that pharmacists collect in order to establish a 
presentable data file for you that will be used to process your claims, um, specifically your insurance claims for medications. So you're standing at the counter. You have to keep in mind, even if they know you, there are sometimes where information about similar names, similar family members, there could be uh, a person who is the third, say Philip the third, as opposed to Philip Sr., so forth. Those things all need to be articulated because guess what? Your insurance company only knows you according to the data file they have on record for you. And if there's more than one member in a family, that's relevant to have that. Um, I've experienced over the years of processing claims and many patients, thousands of patients, um, literally, that a response that's programmed from an insurance company does not have the ability to be diplomatic or adapt or tell you that if you write the wrong, the wrong information, then you're going to get a response, even though it may be a misspelling of a name. If you put a date of birth, for, for example, and you put Philip III's date of birth on a profile, but you're typing prescriptions for Philip uh, II, who may have a different code at the end of their ID number, then guess what? You're going to get a rejected claim. And some of those rejections are um, sound harsh and final, which they are not. It's based on the data. And, of course, we've had experiences with other things where we use um, improper data and we get a, um, a denial response. So it's very important. I also additionally suggest that you establish a good rapport with your pharmacist. And I say that even regarding staff because staff can change, the clerks can be different, the technicians can be different, and even pharmacists can be different from the staff as opposed to management. But get to know your pharmacist. Everything will basically trickle down, if you will, uh, from that personality. And so to establish that personality, they know you, they see you, they'll be your advocate when it comes to presenting information to that insurance company. Now, as an insurance enrollee, you can express things like, um, I don't want generic. That would be something, for instance, if you have that preference, you can express that. But you need to know that they may, that may influence your copay. Um, many companies will say that if a generic is available, they will prefer to pay for a generic, and they won't pay for a brand name. Now, there are always exceptions to that. The exception is that if the doctor writes medically necessary, and we had that occur decades ago, but recently insurance companies and people called pharmacy benefit managers have even pushed that scenario where a doctor says, we think generics is uh, what we prefer. Well, the insurance company may come back and say, okay, well, let's have further information about the reason that generic is not sufficient. In that case, you will get a rejection called prior authorization. So those are some of the experiences that may happen. But when you leave the doctor's office, the best thing to do is to go to the pharmacy counter with the mindset of providing standard information in a legitimate and accurate fashion in order to establish your profile so that you can maximize that benefit of that insurance or prescription card. You know, there was one report that I, I uh, came across over the past several weeks. Uh, I, I'm a big Consumer Reports fan. As a matter of fact, I subscribe to it uh, because I think uh, it's at a small cost uh, you can have access to the experts. I mean, uh, the everyday person goes to work, uh, uh, takes care of kids or does whatever, and they don't necessarily have the time to test different products and different services. And uh, they had an interesting report uh, a few weeks ago, uh, a couple months ago, actually, about, you know, finding the best prescription prices. And I guess I'm interjecting this because even before you get to the pharmacy, you know, they listed several things that you, that, that you, you, should, you know, should keep in mind. Because usually once you get into the pharmacy, unless you are 
uh, uh, actually uh, comparison shopping, you're probably going to stay with that pharmacy. But one of the things that they suggested, they did a, a study, and they found that only 17% of the 1,000 or so people that they surveyed actually comparison shop for their drugs. And, uh, and, and that can severely impact, you know, your cost. And uh, I don't suggest that one don't do what we call pharmacy hopping. I'm a big fan of you keeping your medications at one pharmacy. But it's always good to know to, to comparison shop. Not all drug costs are the same. You know, one of the things that they did was that they uh, found that there was dramatic differences in the same drug within the same zip code. So if 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 cost is a big benefit or big deal with regard to your health care at that point in time, I think is is one thing that's reasonable to do that. Um, the other thing that they mentioned also was uh, one thing that I'm quite sure you uh, have been an advocate of is to support you know the independent community pharmacist. Um, you know, most people might think that the community pharmacist is probably going to automatically charge higher and think that the chains are going to have a better price. But what Consumer Reports found that this was not necessarily the case. In fact, they found that there were actually some lower prices with regard to you know the uh, community pharmacist compared to the uh, to the chains. Have you experienced that in your community pharmacy practice? Oh, absolutely. You know, next to um, having the accurate and correct medication and uh, the extent to which that improves that person's quality of life, prices is a definite priority concern of most patients. Now, there are patients who have insurance plans that provide awesome benefits at a cheap copay, and they may be used to just going in and getting their medication and paying a dollar or having it being paid for completely. But for the, for the, for the most of the population where things change and influenced by price fluctuations, and that is the order uh, in terms of the pharmacy industry, prices do fluctuate. There are many scenarios and many reasons why prices can fluctuate. And I have to tell you honestly, Dr. Williams, that, you know, when you go into a pharmacy, the first thing you have to uh, understand is that it is a business. Even your doctor's office, it is a business. And to some degree, some of their practices um, are greatly influenced by a, an objective to uh, operate at the most advantageous perspective from the business standpoint. In other words, you'll find that the market in terms of pharmacy prices will basically charge what it can, uh, right. the most that it can, I should say. So right. we happen to have glanced at the article that you referred to, and uh, I do find that, first of all, it's refreshing to make customers aware of that, uh, sometimes there's this um, tendency for people to be hopeless and say, hey, I don't think it's going to make a difference if I ask, is this the best price? You know, it's it's not recommended, and I don't recommend price haggling at the pharmacy counter. Right. And that's a bad phrase, but, you know, uh, we understand. We don't want to be extreme, but if a person is giving you a quality product, and that that also should be uh, mentioned from the standpoint of a healthcare practitioner, you must always insist of having the best quality and just verify. Now we can use that analogy or or, or, or philosophy in terms of brand versus generic. I always educate patients when they come to our pharmacy. Say, listen. In order for a generic drug to be approved in this country, it has to be what's called AB rated, okay? And those are two conditions that um, basically ensure that it is of like equal quality compared to the brand name. There's even right. some instances where it may have a better track record than a brand name product. Now, having said that, what difference does it make, say, if your copay is a dollar, Right. So you can ask your pharmacist, say in the case where a drug is not covered, you have five prescriptions, three of them were covered, two of them you have to pay cash for. So now this is a priority concern. 
price is relevant. Do you match prices? Because, again, you want to stay at one pharmacy, but you want to stay at a pharmacy that's receptive to your pricing consideration or priority. So don't allow yourself to have this mystique. And I'll tell you what I found over the years, Dr. Williams, is that some people are kind of in the fall. They left the doctor's office, and it's kind of a change. They're dealing with the psychology of now I have this new diagnosis or okay, here we go, another medication, I already have too many. So all of these things are on their mind. And they just may not remember to consider the aspect of pricing. But that is important. One thing we do at the pharmacy counter, we make sure that when a person comes there, that we do what's called a, a responsive approach. Okay, uh, Dr. Williams, you have two medications today, your total is $10. So when we do that, that offers that patient an opportunity to engage and say, well, listen, I have only two prescriptions and my copay is supposed to be $2. Why isn't it $4? Why is it 10 So at those times, those opportunities provide um, that option for an intera- interaction, uh, an intervention. I do note that some of the data that uh, you referred to me, in terms of articles, also mentioned discount cards. We haven't discussed that yet, but discount cards can be um, very valuable and very useful, and sometimes discount cards can cause uh, unnecessary uh, delay if you have to uh, enroll a certain way, or they might have limits or stipulations that will um, cause you to not get your medication at a time, uh, there may be limits in terms of 90-day supply. You might be on the medication for a year and so forth. But uh, by and large, pricing is a great priority. Uh, I did notice that not only when you talk about 17% of people comparison shop, but there are other people, and this is the concern that we have as pharmacists, and we even try to communicate this to doctors, that patients, you know, we're all basically functioning under a budget whether we have a conscious budget or whether we just have financial limitations, it turns out to be a budget, okay? So when your medication is expensive, patients have admitted starting to do things like cut tablets in half, skip doses, and, uh, or not just take a medication. So when I see patients and I start to advise them about, we call that adherence, as in the case of the MTM practice, or just regular conversation counseling with patients pick up the medicine. See, pharmacists, we're like your bartender. We see what's going on. And our challenge is to communicate that in such a way that you are confident and convinced that letting your doctor be aware, letting your doctor in on the conversation or some of the decisions you made concerning your uh, adherence practices is something that, is brought on the table so you won't have an experience at the doctor's office that will end up not being in your best interest. I'll give you a scenario. Sometimes patients are prescribed a medication. Let's say hypertension, for instance. It's called a silent killer because there's no symptoms, right? So when we're on it, however, and we're a new patient for hypertension medication, there may be an adjustment period. That adjustment period, patient may experience hypotension makes them feel out of control, uncomfortable, fatigued, tired. And if the pharmacist hasn't emphasized that, perhaps they assume that the patient has had the experience before or perhaps the patient assumed that they've had a medication like this before. So they just take it. They become fatigued. They don't take the medicine. Two months go by. Three months go by. Then they come into your pharmacy. This is what we see with a higher strength dose of the same medication. So you look on your records for the pharmacy, and you find the patient has not taken the medication in three months, say at 10 milligrams. Now they have a prescription for 30 milligrams. And so the conscientious pharmacist, you would note this and say, hey, uh, Ms. Williams, I noticed that they increased your doses. How did that work out for you? And at this point, Hopefully, the patient will be transparent enough to offer the explanation, or they could actually say, well, I was on vacation for three months. 
and um, right. proceed in that manner. But pricing, I didn't mean to get off on the topic, but pricing is very much um, a concern. There's also the insurance aspect where a person may have a limit as to what uh, amount the insurance will pay for prescriptions in a year. And those are very important questions as well. Some patients have medications that can cost thousands of dollars. So when that is the case, especially when that's the case, and you're taking more than a few medicines, you go into the doctor and you have a significant amount of medication, you need to be aware of how receiving that medication impacts your remaining benefit as you go throughout the year. Right. Yeah, you know, and one of the things, uh, you know, I guess I guess we're trying to help people save some money here is, you know, we're used to paying you know, your copay. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that Consumer Reports brought out was the fact that a lot of the stores have good prices on some of the generics. So let's say if your copay is 10 bucks for for a prescription, you may have been prescribed a drug that only costs $4 for a 30-day supply or $10 for a 90-day supply. But subconsciously, you just go in every month and just pay that $10 and not necessarily looking at the actual cost of money that could be saved if you actually ask the pharmacist or pharmacy personnel what is the cost of that drug without my health insurance? So I think that was one thing that 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 was that was uh, I thought was might be beneficial. The other thing I like to discuss, you already hit on this, is the uh, discount cards. They're not always uh, necessarily a good thing. And uh, from what I read, and have you experienced this? I think sometimes with the discount cards, if you are already on Medicare or Medicaid you're not even a candidate to even use that um, that card. Is that something you see in practice? Well, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a matter of how the cards are utilized, how they are communicated. Uh, typically those cards will be given to you if you don't know how to go online and look at them. Uh, it's associated with promotion of a product, okay? And, and, and right. it's like I said earlier, the the drug companies as well, and we all know this, the priority is business, to make money. So anytime you have a discount card, a discount card is designed to promote that particular item. That's what a discount card is designed to do. And so you say, okay, yeah, I'll try the new drug doctor. So the doctors receive some discount cards, some coupon cards from a drug representative or a drug company. Okay? So now there may be stipulations about who was qualified and who was not. That may or may not be communicated plainly on that card or that brochure that a patient is given, or even the patient uh, may receive that information from a staff member that might say, hey, this is what we find. But, yeah, there's certainly instances where, let's say, if you're not a Medicare enrollee or if you're on a federal plan and so forth, so you need to just, in other words, just need to take a minute, review the stipulations concerning the card, and if, and, if, and if the discount is not available to you, you can actually speak to your pharmacist about perhaps an alternative that may be an established drug that's not the new drug, but it's a drug that had been used with some success, and ask that pharmacist to contact your physician to see if the doctor with physician would, would consider prescribing the alternative product. So right. I'm looking at time now. I don't want to go overboard, but I, I hope we provided sufficient information where a person would at least consider these things, the pricing, your relationship with the pharmacy, uh, being more candid with your doctor concerning um, discussion and your priorities about generics and drug selection, and uh, tell the doctor, hey, doc, I'm a price shopper, so make sure you give me the best scenario. Right, right. Well, we thank you for carving out some time to join us today. Uh, we hope to have you back again and discuss another informative topic to help our audience improve their communication with the pharmacist and their and their physician, and also improve their their relationship with their wallet with regard to uh, you know their medicine. So we thank you for coming and and, and enlightening us today. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, this another concludes another episode of the Weekly Wellness Show. We'd like for you to join us next week. So, until then, be happy, be healthy, and above all, be kind. Check out our hot deals on fishing, hunting, and shooting gear during Cabela's Summer Clearance. Get your family ready for a day on the water with 40% off all in-stock adult and youth flotation vests and savings on rods, reels, and tackle. Upgrade your optics to a Vortex with $500 off their Razor HD spotting scope and $80 off their Crossfire 2 rifle scope. Plus, we've got savings on select ammo and reloading accessories. There's something for everybody during Cabela's Summer Clearance going on now. Check out our hot deals on fishing, hunting, and shooting gear during Cabela's Summer Clearance. Get your family ready for a day on the water with 40% off all in-stock adult and youth flotation vests and savings on rods, reels, and tackle. Upgrade your optics to a Vortex with $500 off their Razor HD spotting scope and $80 off their Crossfire 2 rifle scope. Plus, we've got savings on select ammo and reloading accessories. There's something for everybody during Cabela's Summer Clearance going on now.